Hey guys, Matt from Back Yourself Fitness here and welcome to another episode of the Back Yourself Podcast. How are we doing? We doing okay? Hope we're all coping with the current climate, current situation. Are we all sick of hearing current climate, COVID-19, pivot, graph, um, flattening the curve? Are we all sick of hearing that? I know I am. Um, I, in seriousness, I hope we all do. Everyone's doing okay. All small business owners, I hope we, uh, you are doing, doing okay. There's a light at the end of the tunnel for us, which is good. If everyone exercises a little bit of common sense, we will be fine. Uh, before I jump into today's podcast, I just want to give a shout out to a mate of mine who's living abroad. He is over in Sweden, uh, Mr. John Dixon. How you doing, mate, if you're listening to this? Uh, John has obviously moved to Sweden, live his life over there, loving it. Um, but isolation has um, got the creative juices flowing for John, and he has started up his isolation pub quiz via the old interweb. So in the comfort of your own home, you can log on and play pub trivia essentially so he does a swedish version and a version for us here in brisbane as he is from brisbane so if you give john j-o-n from straya s-t-r-a-y-a a follow on facebook you will see all the live quizzes go up uh, you can win some back yourself fitness prizes uh, plus there's other businesses that have thrown in uh, prizes as well for the weekly trivia so check it out john from straya on facebook Pass the time. It's really cool. A little bit quirky. Um, do yourself a favor. Hey, uh, today's podcast very, very, very annoying subject. No, frustrating subject. Confusing subject. Um, overwhelming subject. We're talking food. We are talking nutrition. We are talking what is what in the world of food. Now, I've got Georgie Briggs on, a um, dietitian, practicing dietitian, um, sports dietitian, and nutritionist on to go over some ins and outs of what just happens when we walk into the shops or what happens when I'm trying to eat healthy and what is a good diet? Should I even diet? I'm going to have shakes instead of eating meals and all this kind of rubbish. But we get to break down just some overview questions of general population, but she also works with athletes as well. So hearing how athletes fuel and the process behind what goes into nutrition for not only athletes, but general population as well. It's a really cool chat here about her sporting background, how she got into it, why she got into it. That's the important one. And just some basic takeaways that you can take from this chat, put into everyday execution. Nutrition is not that hard. I don't want to. I don't want to simplify it too much. But if you break it down, you can work it out pretty easily. My thing is, don't eat like a dickhead, and you'll be fine. And that's what it breaks down to in the end. But sit back, listen to Georgie, drop some knowledge bombs on everyone. I hope you enjoy the episode. Cool, record has been hit. How you doing? Georgie. Good, 
how are you? I am well. Thank you for making the trip up from the Goldie. No worries at all. Uh, nice little podcast visit before you actually have to go into real work. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's a good way to start the day. Cool. So, like I just quickly mentioned before we got started, uh, we're going to start with 10 quick questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, it can go off on a tangent. These quick questions in air quotes could take half hour. They could take 10 minutes. Great. Okay. <laughs> Deep breath. <laughs> Let's go. All right, question number one. What's a food you can't stand? Cucumbers, hate them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know why. It's one of those foods I've never been able to eat. Yeah. I have vivid memories of sitting at the dining table at home and yep. mum being like, "You cannot leave the table until you eat them." She's gonna listen to this and be like, "How dare you tell everyone?" Don't throw me under <laughs> yeah, the bus. Yeah, exactly. But no, that's one food can't stand. Yeah, okay. I'm weird with cucumbers. Smell. I'm like, oh, I like that smell. Taste like in my mouth, no, nah. not a chance. Even like a salad roll that had a cucumber in it previously and has been taken out, I can still tell it was there. Yeah. To, to anyone who says, oh, certain foods don't have a taste, yes, they yeah. do. Yeah, and that's yes, the one they do. everyone says it doesn't have a taste. And I'm like, it does have a taste mm-hmm. and it is horrific. I'm like that with lettuce. See, yeah, make that face as much as you want. <laughs> lettuce does not have a taste. It does have a taste. <laughs> exactly does. Uh, question number two. On the flip side of that, yeah. what food is your weakness or vice? Oh, see, my roommate was trying to prep me last night for this. And yeah, she okay. said, what's your favorite food? And I was like, no, that's a really hard question because I love all food. <laughs> um, honestly, any food that I don't have to cook. Yeah. I am usually the cook of the house. Okay. So if someone else is cooking for me, then I'm happy. Yeah. Are you sweets or savory? Oh, savory, like a good yep. cheese board. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah. And a one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to and a one on top and of that. And the one. Yeah, cool. Uh, question number three. What is the most common situation you deal with with your clients? Ooh. Well, it would depend what work day. Okay. Um, some of my work is home visits mm-hmm. and they're the elderly population. So that is trying to increase their protein and energy because yep. they're not eating enough. For sure. On the flip side, in clinic, I might see people that are eating too much mm-hmm. or um, people that are trying to lose weight. So, yeah, it really depends what work day we're at. Okay, that's <laughs> cool. Um, is there like a certain situation that jumps out more than the rest? Mm, you know what I mean? I suppose at the moment, given everything that's going on, um, most of my days are home visits at the moment. Yep. So yeah, dealing with a lot of trying to gain weight on 90, 95 year old people. Right, gotcha. <laughs> and it's fun, like, I don't want to use any side questions now because they're coming up. Okay, cool. I want to dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you believe in using vitamins as supplements or do you prefer the idea of getting all your minerals from foods? I definitely take the food first approach. Like I think everyone should be trying to get everything they can from food. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely situations where that's not possible and supplements and vitamins and whatever might be necessary, but I don't think people should be reliant on that. Yeah. So let's just take your situation. Mm-hmm. Do you take any vitamins or supplements I or anything like that? take a probiotic. Yep. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. It was interesting. I had a strength trainer come on. Yeah. And he makes his own supplements. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. What's one supplement you reckon everyone should take? He's like, probiotic. Yeah. Okay. I said, right, on top of that, he's like, fish oil maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I was like, like I didn't, it just kind of took me off guard because, you know, he makes his own supplement range and I was expecting him to go, yeah, protein every day. Mm. Like, but it just, I was like, okay, that's a nice, honest answer. Yeah. Personally, I haven't found a protein powder that I love. And yeah, that's okay. probably why I'm a bit, oh, um, I'll pop one in a smoothie in yeah. the morning, but that's about it. I yeah. just can't 
protein powder and water just is not something yeah, I agree. Yeah, you need to get that, like, if it's too... The protein powders are funny. If it gets, like, too claggy mm. or if it's too watery, it tastes like a water milkshake. Yeah, yeah but... I, I feel you. Any recommendations, happy to hear them. Yeah, send them in. <laughs> send them in. Uh, do you believe good nutrition is due to mindset or knowledge of food? A bit of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, coming from someone who has a bit of knowledge about food. You can definitely have days where you don't have good nutrition and that's more so the mindset. Um, I do think there are a lot of people that are trying to do the right thing, but they don't have the knowledge. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it can go both ways. So if we were to flip, let's like flip that question a little bit. Do you think the biggest hurdle for people is mindset or do you think it's knowledge of food from what you've seen? At the moment, I think it's knowledge. I think there is so much misinformation out there, especially with things like social media People that have large platforms probably aren't always the ones that are the most educated. And I think that's something that dietitians are struggling with at the moment is just trying to get our voice out there and getting it heard, which Mm. is why podcasts like this are very helpful. Well, I'll take it. (laughs) So if like, if we just stay on that tangent for a sec, is it frustrating to like have this whole nutrition online community and every article is contradicting itself and like this is the new thing that you need to do and like is that frustrating for you guys yes absolutely i think it's hard when yeah there's a lot of articles out there that may not be backed with great science maybe certain documentaries that are out there that don't have the most recent evidence Mm. you know there's just a lot of things that um it can PR one way when you read an article you think yep that's definitely the right thing um but then when you look at where the information came from where the studies came from um how you know good the studies were um you start to see a couple of flaws yeah and even on top of that is it just an opinion piece yeah exactly just having like for my personal you know experience or like doing it for clients or whatever you look you have a look around and you you start reading it's like this is just someone's opinion Mm. like that's my, my pet hate for PTs. And I've said this before is we're not qualified nutritionists. Yeah. Like we have an understanding of nutrition, but on a completely different level to you guys. Yeah. And when I see gyms, like gyms specifically, just go, here's a meal plan for everyone. It's like, how do you like what? Yeah. You don't know that that's going to work. You have no idea what this 18 year old is going to do with that diet as opposed to the 65 year old. And you're giving them the same thing. Mm. I think it's um, one of the classics, just like stay in your lane. Like we're never going to sit there and tell people what exercises to do. Exactly. Tell them that, you know, they should be exercising for 30 minutes a day, whatever Mm. the guidelines are. But other than that, we don't really give out any more information than that. And we do recommend that they see someone that does have the information and you just kind of hope that it goes both ways. For sure. Stay in your lane is something that I've said across several episodes and it's give advice till the cows come home, but you can't like people who PTs who prescribe meal plans aren't qualified. It's like, you can't actually like, you can't do that. That's, yeah. You're guessing. Yeah. And I suppose you're just doing a disservice to your client as well. Like I'll have many times, even this week, you get an email from someone and they want to come see you and they tell you about what's going on with them. And the reality is if you don't have all the information that's going to help them best, mm. then the best thing you can do for them is to pass them on to someone else who can. Yeah. And like I emailed one of my directors and I said, I don't feel comfortable seeing this person. I don't think I can do the best for them. I would rather pass them on to you. And she completely agreed with that. So, you know, it's just not only doing what's going to, not doing what's best for you, but doing what's best for them as well. Exactly. And having that good 
I guess, moral ethics. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, once again, I'll relate it to PTs where they go, someone comes in and go, oh, I want to work on strength. And you may not be that good at strength, but you go, yeah, yeah, no worries. And it's like, well, okay, you might not actually be the best person with the job or going to see physio and them saying, yep, you need to see me every two weeks when realistically it could be structural it could be it could be happening in between the years it may not actually be all physical things like that yeah I suppose for me as well being a newer dietitian it's Mm. a fine line between pushing yourself to do new things and see new clients Mm. with different conditions but at the same time not going too far where you actually can't give them everything that they need do you find honesty uh for for clients to you you got to dig a little bit or yeah 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 I get that a little bit. Professional interrogator. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like it. How's your food going? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, well, hang on. Is it is it good or is it not good? Like, what what's all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm eating pretty well. What does that mean? Yeah, my favorite is when you're like, oh, so are you? How much alcohol are you drinking? Oh, just a little bit. But then someone's little bit to my little bit is quite different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, well, and we'll, once again, we'll jump into a little bit of that, out-training tra- out bad diets and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, speaking of exercise, exercise-wise, what do you do for yourself? What I do right now? Yeah. Or pre-COVID? Because they are very different. Okay, lay them both on me. Okay, pre-COVID, I was doing Pilates twice a week. Yep. I was one of those people that was like, no, Pilates just didn't really interest me. Mm-hmm. I want to sweat when I work out. And I just had this idea in my head that Pilates was not going to be the type of workout for me yeah (laughs) and then I was like no I'm going to try it I'm going to try something new I ended up finding a place on the coast Plank HQ Mm. could not recommend them more Yandel who owns it is hilarious she's like the most upbeat person I've ever met before and you go to a class at 5 30 in the morning and your energy levels are right down and then you leave and you're right I'm ready to do everything in the day Yeah. yeah and I went there and I thought oh I'll, I'll give it a go, but not sure if I'll love it. Mm. And yeah, been going there twice a week since almost a year now. Yeah, it's cool. Great. How are you finding it? So hard. Like yeah. I honestly feel so uncoordinated in mm. every class and you just got to laugh at yourself sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, that twice a week, a netball game once or twice a week, yep. um, gym twice a week-ish. Yep. It really varies depending on work as For well. Sure. Um it's funny, I, I spoke to Emma from Praxis um, Physio and Pilates. Yeah. And I was like, hey, cool. I want to book in and do Reformer Pilates with you. And she's like, yeah, sweet. And it sucks. Like, <laughs> it's so hard. Like, yeah. The warm up, she's like, okay, cool. We're going to go through like 20 of these and then 20 of these. And how she rattles it off, you're like, yeah, cool, no worries. And six reps in, it's like, I'm shaking. And yeah. she's like, yep, you're doing great. And in my head, I'm like, this sucks. Like, I should be better at this. Yeah, you want to be better at it. And the next day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm not too sore. But it's that two days after that mm. I just can't walk up the stairs. I'm like, oh gosh, they yeah. got me good this one. <laughs> yeah. And for someone like, like I've got weak glutes. Oh so gosh. So all the glute exercises, like I'm horrible at. And yeah, it, trying to walk out of there sometimes. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's fun though. It's a good challenge. I like it. Definitely. I'm a big advocate for do something that you're not comfortable with. Mm. Like I did yoga for a little bit. And once again, I was horrible. And then you get a little bit better and a little bit better and then Pilates or, you know, have a crack at CrossFit or do a couple of runs. If you're not good at something, that's your excuse to do it. Yeah, like, so you, for sure. you get better and you're going to get a good workout from it. Mm. So, yeah, that's was before all of this went down. Oh, yeah, yep. Now, at the moment, it's a little bit different. I'm quite fortunate the apartment that I live in, we've mm. got a tennis court. Yeah, cheering. And my roommate and I 
headed to uh, Kmart pretty early on and grabbed a heap of exercise equipment. Yeah. So we've been setting up our own little yeah, cool. circuit sort of training. So we do that three times a week at the moment, yep. get in a couple of walks along the beach. But other than that, it's pretty chill at the moment. Yeah. Once you flick the switch, like, and this is what I've said to my guys that I'm training, it's like, okay, for the next however long, we're just going to keep you active. Yeah. Like you, you can put a pen through like, I'm going to build my squat weight or whatever like let's just keep you active let's keep the mind ticking yeah and not get stuck in same same yeah and i think as well people are pretty hard on themselves at the moment you know they think i think there's a lot of information out there that's like oh how you can improve yourself during this time and how you can do be your best self but i think it's just like if you're having a crack you're doing what's you know what you can at the moment it's better than nothing exactly so. and it's just an, another reason for people to write articles like, yeah it's like oh 10 exercises you should be doing through lock shut up yeah shut up <laughs> exactly um changing speeds okay controversially yeah what's an overrated nutrition plan see i find this a hard one because there's always a couple of people that things are going to work for yeah um not really a nutrition plan but a face i might say um juice cleansers oh yeah. they oh, grind my gears yeah. <laughs> yeah you you can't you how are you getting your protein intake from a juice cleanse oh it's just like oh i got a headache today and i'm feeling really faint yeah oh, what have you had to eat oh, i had two juices that that's like 400 calories yeah it's five o'clock in the afternoon how yeah. are you not dead yeah like, exactly yeah i feel you I, i've had people come into the studio and try and train on top of oh gosh it's like what are you doing here yeah it's dangerous yeah I'm all a all about it, mm. as in like the benefits of it. But if you kind of break down what you're actually doing to your body, yeah, you're just heavily restricting calories. Like. Yeah, and when people say, "Oh, but I lost weight out of it," it's like, "Well, of course you lost weight. Yeah, look at what you're eating. You had seven <laughs> drinks today. Like it's not that hard." Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of the time, if you look at it and you think, "Oh, that's too good to be true," it probably is. Yeah, exactly. If it if it's marketed well. Sweet, it must work, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've gone overrated, so mm -hmm. let's go underrated. What's an underrated source of energy? Ooh, that's a hard one. Underrated source of energy. Ooh, for... To be honest, I just think that fruit and veggies, yep. underrated. Like, that it's so well known that... Australians don't get enough fruit and veggies mm. in their diet. Even people who do think they get enough probably don't. I think the most recent one was like 92% of Australians don't get their yeah, okay. two serves of fruit and five serves of veg. So yeah. I just think any meal where you're chucking more fruit and veg is do you, good. Do you think that people get scared? Once again, this is a knowledge thing. Do people get scared of, I can't have too much fruit because of oh, the yeah. sugar? Yeah. But it's, it's the same as anything. Too much of a good thing is going to be bad for you. Yeah. Like just stick to what's recommended yeah well you said it if you're having your two serves like it's not gonna kill you exactly it's gonna be good for you it's gonna be good for you yeah. and you know if you're if you are having you know five six serves of fruit in a day then you're probably not getting your serves of veggies in mm. so i mean you just gotta look at it yeah an overall perspective just like question i've just kind of thought of off the top of my head do you obviously find people respond differently to different foods yeah absolutely um has there been any weird ones that you've gone okay, we've changed this and someone's gone, oh, I'm surprised at how well I feel like by changing it, like off the top of your head, can yeah, you think of... Not like, really. I mean, everyone's, there's always going to be foods that people can't have or mm. are intolerant to, but it's usually things that are expected. So. Yeah, gotcha. Mm. 
uh, last question in this first little run. And we've had nine questions to build up to it. Yeah. And we kind of spoke about it before we started. Oh, gosh, yeah. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> so what is your all-time favorite meal? Okay. Well, let's make life easy. It doesn't have to be all-time favorite. What is yeah. one of your favorite meals? My favorite meal. Okay. Well, as I said, anything that I don't have to cook, mm-hmm. I'm happy with. Yep. Oh, it's so hard. Like I'd say a good pasta. Yeah, cool. You can't go past a good pasta. Yeah, <laughs> same. Once again, there's a little bit of fear around yep. part and carbs. We're going to touch on carbs as Great. well. Can't wait. Um, cool. Ten quick questions. I Done. I thought the last question was going to be about my favorite football team. Oh, well, <laughs> just disclaimer. She's Richmond and I'm West Coast. So we've already had words before we've, yeah. before we've started. So. That, that my team is superior to yours. Well, we don't. Let's hang on. Let's not get carried away, mate. Sorry. We, From the last three years, we would, uh, we would say this attitude. No, we're Sixteen minutes into the podcast, and you give me attitude. No. I had to bring it up at least once. <laughs> well, it's done. West Coast about anyway. So, let's go through some basic nuts and bolts from cool. here. What is your official job title? My official job title is um, an accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and a provisional sports dietitian. Barely even a mouthful. Like, it just <laughs> I know. Rolls like, off I have to think about that yeah. one before I say it. I saw the brains, like yeah. the kick in the gear. Yeah. Um, so what does that include? Okay. So I went to uni, studied a Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics. Yep. That's usually four years. I did it in four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes me an accredited practicing dietitian. Cool. Then after that, I went and did more study um, to become a provisional sports dietitian. Mm-hmm. I'm currently doing my credit points for that. And then once that has rolled over, then I will be an accredited sports dietitian. Yeah, cool. So obviously that means helping athletes and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I suppose one of the most common things um, that we get at the moment is what is the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? It's all... Oh, that was your next question. Funny you say that. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Let's keep rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just roll into the next question. You don't need to host this one. <laughs> Perfect, take it away. Um, yeah, so it's a common one we get. People will say, oh, I haven't seen a dietitian before, but I've seen a nutritionist, and they just assume that we're the same thing, which is totally understandable. I think Yeah. even my parents are like, wait, what is the difference? I'll call me a nutritionist. And I'm like, dad, I studied for four and a half years for that degree. Please do not call me a nutritionist. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the main issue with nutritionist is that it's not a regulated term in Australia. Mm-hmm. So someone could do a course online or they could do, you know, a, a short course online or they could do a three years study at university and be a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know which one they've done. Yeah, gotcha. Whereas a dietitian, you have to have done your um, university degree Mm -hmm. and you had to have gone on placement and things like that. So it's just a bit more regulated. So you have a bit more of an idea of the background that they've had. Yeah, gotcha. Um, Do you, do you like, not rely is the wrong word, but do you operate as one specific thing or does it all fall under the umbrella of... I mean, it all falls under the same thing at at the end of the day i suppose i use the term dietitian just because i know that that way people are aware that i have done yeah study yeah and like for me having no knowledge of obviously the differences between or whatever in my head dietitian sounds more qualified and i'm i I say that meaning absolutely no offense but if if i hear nutritionist i i see a dietitian as something that is more qualified yeah you know what i mean well it's funny i've had people come into clinic and say oh i thought the nutritionist was more qualified so yeah Yeah, it's definitely something that that 
it's that information isn't out there in the public as much. And yep. it's probably something that we're trying to get out there a little bit more, but mm-hmm. yeah. working on it. Um, so whereabouts are you located? I'm on the Gold Coast. Yep. I, well, I live on the Gold Coast, but work Gold Coast and Brisbane. Yeah, cool. And work for Eat Smart Nutrition. I do. So I work for Eat Smart um, in private practice. Yep. Do a bit of other work with them in sports. Um, and then I also do home visits on the Gold Coast for another company. Yeah, cool. Um is the pl- like? Do you have a, a long term plan? As in, like, you want to start up your own thing, or you're happy doing? Like, is there an end goal, or are you just happy living? You know, I, what I mean, mean, I actually got this question in my job interview with Eat Smart, okay, <laughs> and cool. um, I still stick by the same answer. That was probably about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and to me, the idea of starting up my own business would mean a lot more admin and mm. business work. That's yeah aside from being a dietitian yep. and I suppose for me I became a dietitian as corny as it sounds to help people and I think that if I'm spending more time on that business side of things then I'm not doing as much of the helping yeah. so yeah at the moment can't see it happening but never say never yeah, okay. <laughs> oh it's funny like you say it sounds corny but that's the reason why I started PT it's like yeah. cool I want to help people how do I do that and then it kind of fell into place from there if you find someone <clears throat> excuse me whether it's dietitian nutritionist physio, massage therapy, whatever. if they are there and you can get the feeling that they want to help you, stay or stay seeing them. Yeah. Like you can tell very quickly the people who are like, your dollars to me. Yeah, exactly. When you get that genuine vibe, it's like, cool, I'm going to stay. And that's what I found and I'm sure you found as well. You have those guys that hang around because they value your opinion and value the effort that you put into them. Yeah, and we have some... Well, I've got some long-term clients that just keep coming to see me every fortnight just to check in, just to make sure that everything's still going the same way. We're really not working on huge goals at the moment, but mm. it's just that, you know, check in. And I I definitely agree with you. If you notice that someone's only seeing you for the, you know, to add you as another client yep. and for the money side of things, you can tell straight away. For and sure. it's definitely not someone you want to keep going back to. Exactly. Because they ain't going to put time and effort into you. No. <laughs> um, all right. So we've gone dietitian, nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Give me some examples of situations that you deal with just so we can get a broader range of what actually it entails. Yeah, so um, a lot of the time I will have someone come in, for instance, like it might be a mum who's struggling to, um, if she might be wanting to lose weight mm-hmm. and um, she's unsure of what she should be eating usually around the carbohydrates, might not be yep. eating very many carbohydrates, a bit phobic of those carbohydrates um so that would be one situation another would be an athlete junior athlete struggling to put on weight Mm -hmm. because you cannot get enough energy into those kids exactly yeah (laughs) um and then yeah on the flip side those older veterans that i do home visits to Mm. where they're losing weight losing muscle mass and they just don't know what foods they should be eating yeah um just quickly on that so you work out of the inaugura army barracks yeah so i was doing was because it's kind of on halt at the moment yeah, exactly but, yeah. um, myself and another dietitian and we kind of help out there 
with the Soldier Recovery Centre. So okay. any of the um, anyone at the army barracks there that's become injured then goes into there and it's sort of a program just to help them. Mm. Um, they do lots of other things, but nutrition's just one part of it. So is it like an assistance kind of thing? Yeah, we just do a um, more of a presentation to them, yep. a group setting, and then offer more individual consults when they need it. But they're great in there. Always got lots of good questions. Yeah, they cool. uh, keep me on my toes. <laughs> Just question off the top of my head, and mm-hmm. this is no way snap judgment. I'm curious, male to female, majority of your client base, is it a, a split or do you reckon it's more male, more female? Oh, it would probably be a split or oh, maybe a little, a few more females. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but not not many. Yeah, okay. I like, And it's that means nothing in mm. the big scheme of things. But sometimes from my client base, I just look back and go, oh, okay, let's just have a look at the split and what's going on. And I find I've spoken this with about spoken about this to other people, get my words out, <laughs> um, that there's a certain demographic that struggles to take advice. Yeah. Um, and I find exercise and nutrition wise for me, it's an older male, yeah. like that middle-aged male who struggles to take that advice. Mm. They just go, oh, no, I know what I'm doing kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's hard as well um, if, it's, you know, nutrition's always changing. The information that's coming out is always changing. So mm. if you're told one thing and then all of a sudden it's changed because there's new research, it's hard to, you know, come to terms with the fact that, you know, what was recommended previously isn't now mm. the gold standard. Um, so that can sometimes be a bit confusing for them as well. Yeah. Do you find there's a demographic for you that jumps like that your button heads, not button heads with, but <laughs> they struggle to take on the advice i don't i think everyone's pretty good and Mm -hmm. for me personally if someone's not taking the advice that i'm giving them then maybe it's not the right advice i think that you know if if it's not working for them then it's not working for them and you need to adapt and change and find a new way Mm. to give them that advice i think some people are very can be very stuck in their ways and thinking that they're always right but at the end of the day the client is the one that's right because you're trying to find recommendations and ways Mm. to change their life for the better so you know if they tell you that they can't do they're not going to do something then that's fair enough yeah and you've got to find a new way is it like I'm, let's just relate it to PT once mm-hmm. again. Is it every session of your day is different? Every hour of your day is different? Yeah. Yeah. Is there like behind the scenes, there's obviously a lot of prep work. Yes. You've obviously, you, you need to be on the ball with what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, how does that go? Look, it was, it's a lot to <clears throat> a big change from going straight from uni into work. I was quite fortunate in that I, Graduated from uni and then I started an internship with Eat Smart. Yeah, cool. Best thing I could have done. Yeah. Because I got a really good understanding by going around and shadowing a lot of the dietitians mm. to see what they did. Um, not only the work that they did in clinic, but what they had to do to prepare for that. Yeah. Or after that, um, presentations is another one. I'm very thankful for my diary at the moment because otherwise I would have no idea where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I Yeah. Days, weeks, everything can completely change. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, and that's what I like about it. To be honest, I remember there was, I was probably two years into my uni degree and I did an elective subject that was just like business statistics yeah. and I got a really good mark and I called up dad and said, Oh, I think I'm going to change and do accounting. And dad's <laughs> like, no, you're not. Don't do that. And I was so determined and he was just flat out. I was like, you're not changing and I'm so grateful he said that because I would be 
bored to death. Yep. If I was sitting in an office all mm-hmm. day, every day, I love the part of my work that means that I'm one day going into people's houses, the next day I'm presenting to junior athletes, the next day I'm presenting to the guys at the army barracks. Like yep. it just, it's so, it changes all the time and I love that. For sure. And I'm exactly the same in the sense that um, I've said before to people, it's like, if I was an office worker, I would go mental. Like I would find ways to cut corners for Mm -hmm. sure. But because every half hour of my day is different Mm -hmm. or someone comes in and I've got something planned and they go, actually, this is going on. It's like, cool. Let's have a look at this and let's kind of feel out what's going on. That not freedom, but just that on your toes and you're always working, your brain's always working and you never kind of get stuck in same, same. Yeah, exactly. And I think at the moment with everything that's going on, that shift from more seeing clients in clients in person to now seeing them via telehealth um i think that's been another great challenge and Mm. i I suppose the way i look at it is it's all just another challenge it's yeah it's just something else that you've got to adapt to and you've just got to make it work because the reality is at the moment it doesn't it might not change for a little while so you know there's no point getting down about it and how did you find that transition into like telehealth i had a couple of days where i was like what is going to happen? Is <laughs> I don't have a job anymore. What am I going to do? The government's going to say, stop seeing dietitians. Yep. And then something just clicked and I was like, well, you know what? I can sit around and feel sorry for myself or I can find new ways mm. to, you know, market us and new ways to get our name out there and new ways to see people. And for me, I've been busier than previously. For so sure. it's worked. <laughs> and like we said, that word pivot is a painful word, but... <laughs> There, there is two trains of thought and just from previous guests that I've had on here, like I watched some of the posts that they were putting up about what was going on mm. and, you know, some people would go like, woe is me, this is bullshit and some people would go, right, this sucks, we'll be back, here's what we're going to do instead and then like, yeah, you got two options, sit and feel sorry or one foot after the other, what are you going to do? Like Exactly and I suppose at the moment one way you can look at it is people might have a lot more time on their hands so, you know, why not use that? To go to see a dietitian. Exactly. Now, <laughs> Even if it is via Skype or Zoom or whatever it might be. Well, now's the time to invest in yourself. If mm. like as silly as it sounds, like if you're not at work, you've got more time on your hands to do things for yourself that can make positive impacts on how you feel. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into the world of nutrition? Like how did how did that how did you end up at this point? Yeah, so I was playing a lot of netball growing up. <laughs> yep. I grew up in Tassie, good old little Tassie. Yeah, okay. Um, so I was, yeah, went to nationals, then got into an Australian squad. Yeah, cool. Went to the AIS for a training camp mm-hmm. and a dietitian spoke at the camp. Yep. She's now my director. So hey, that's cool. kind of funny. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I left that and I thought, oh, that's a cool job. Mm. Working with athletes or like working in health, but also don't have to look at blood because I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, so, gotcha. Um, yeah, I left that and I thought that's an awesome job. Maybe that's what I want to do. It was a couple of weeks later. I think I went to Melbourne with my family, came back on a plane and the Hawthorne Football Club were on yep. the plane. And there was a lady and she was handing out food. And mm. I was like, oh, that's a cool job. And mum's like, well, that would be the dietitian. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, work with like, footy teams. Imagine, you know, working in health, working in sports, but also getting to travel. So mm. that's when I kind of thought, nah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, was it straight out of school into into study for this? Yeah, yeah. So I moved, I was still in Tassie finishing school when I was 
flying up to trial for the Queensland state team. Yep. I found out I made the state team and was on a plane flying up here for training mm. when I got the email to say that I got into uni. So it was kind of like, oh, thank oh. God, because I've already moved my whole life up here. Oh, right. Sorry, um, I thought you meant uni in Tassie. I was like, oh, oh no, no. No, no, uni in Queensland. Yeah, yeah, so gotcha. dietetics you can't do in Tassie. Mm. You can start off and do health science, but then you have to move to do your master's. I just figured I may as well yeah, move cool. straight away. Moved up with some great friends. So that was always good to have yeah, a few that people. Support network yeah, with you. exactly, exactly. So no, nah, it was good fun. Glad I moved. Yeah, cool. So you've essentially been nonstop studying and then straight into it. Yeah. That's cool. I know. I just, I, I'm not one to really sit around and not do much. Yeah. I, uh, I think I had a couple of weeks where I'd finished uni and hadn't got my internship yet. Mm. And my family were like, you are a pain in the ass because yeah. I was just had nothing to do. So I was I'm bored. You know, yeah, calling everyone like, talk to me, entertain yeah. me. What can I do? So I think they were more grateful than I was that I got the internship. Deep, deep breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you take me back to the very beginning of you now freshly qualified. Let's mm. go past that intern phase. Yeah. You are now left to your own devices. Yeah. How are you feeling? I mean, for me, I was never really left to my own devices. The great thing about working for Eat Smart is that the team of dietitians around me are absolute legends. Mm. So I know that I could email them, text them, call them, whatever, and someone will always be there to help. So I think for me, that has been so beneficial. Mm. I cannot imagine leaving uni and starting you know my own business yeah for sure just being there by myself because i wouldn't know the first thing to do yeah i think yeah it's definitely something that i personally believe everyone should go and work Mm. for someone else or at least have a really good mentor um as they come out of uni because there's so much that you don't know yeah what were the what what were some of your biggest takeaways from the very very beginning can you remember Mm. like watching someone do something or listening to someone and go, right, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. I suppose for me, uni is set up that I would say it's more so designed for someone who the dietitian, nutrition dietetics degree is set up so that you are ready to go and work in a hospital. Yep. Okay. So for all of our placements, we were either in hospitals or um, we had one that was like a community sort of dietitian role, Mm -hmm. but nothing private practice or sports. So for me, the opportunity to see what being a sports dietitian was like was unreal. Mm. And that just cemented that that's exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, cool. Are you a curious person? As in like, oh, I want to see how that works. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Cool. People like that, like with that kind of mind, Mm -hmm. they're they're the interesting ones. Like if you go see a physio, and they go, oh, what's going on here? Like if, yeah. if they're actually genuinely interested in like what's happening or what's the role of that person? Mm-hmm. Like That's me. I go to an acupuncturist, Greg, on the coast and he's the best. Yep. And he will say that he's going to do something. And I'm like, but why? Tell me why and what's that going to do? That's and, me. Yeah. And can you explain it and how long? And yeah, I just ask him so many questions. He probably sees me coming in and he's like, oh gosh, here we go. But get quizzed. There's a hundred yeah. questions are coming, but no, yeah. it's great. If you become a sponge... And like you take it all in. It's mm. like, okay, cool. Now I can kind of understand this a little bit better and cool. It all makes sense. Yeah. Um, last question before we move into like nuts and bolts of like diets and nutrition and whatnot. What's the biggest or the funniest nutrition myth that you've heard that, or one that stands out in your mind across the journey? Mm. Have you heard someone say something and you just go, what? 
feel like I hear stuff like that every day. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of, yeah. We spoke about it before, but the amount of information out there that is not correct mm. is, um, yeah, it's unbelievable. I It still blows my mind that information can be on the internet that is so far from the truth. Yep. Um, I know of a certain someone that just copped a heavy fine for putting out information that isn't true. Oh, get that in you. Yeah, a well-known uh, individual. So, yeah. you know, it's it, it's on one hand, it's annoying that information's out there, but on the other hand, it's good that people are starting to be, um, you know, getting in trouble for it because yeah. it's, it's just not good enough. And I think it's really... Um, it's unbelievable that people can you know, make money off other people's um, lack of education. Mm. You know, everyone's just trying to do the right thing and gain as much knowledge as they can. And by putting out information that isn't correct, it's just, yeah, yeah. unacceptable. And then we, if we go back to what we were talking about earlier, what they're writing about or typing about, whatever, can be what worked for them. Yeah. And now they're spruiking this like, oh, this is life-changing. How to get abs in six weeks. That's like, yeah. and shut up. It's so true. Like everyone is completely different. And um, I think if you just look at what worked for one person, it's never going to translate to the other. Exactly. Yeah, everyone's different. And that's why uh, we spent a long time <laughs> studying anatomy and physiology and everything else, biochem, whatever. Yeah. Do you like, just on that, do you just, do you, are there situations where you just go, <sighs> Okay, so, and like mm. have that big deep breath and go, right, yeah. I'm listening to what you're saying, but these, this is where you're slipping up. Right? Yeah, a, a classic one is um, I was, oh, I think I was still at uni mm. and a dietitian that was out working wrote something on Instagram. She said, like, biggest tip is when someone, you're at a party or whatever and someone asks what you do for a living, don't tell them you're a dietitian yep. because then you'll just get a hundred questions yeah. and I, yeah, I bite my tongue sometimes these days because it's just not worth it. For sure. Yeah. Everyone thinks they're an expert yeah. at nutrition and like rightly so there's a lot of information out there. They think that they've read it and that it's correct. Um, but yeah, there's sometimes I'm just like, oh, it's not worth the argument. For sure. I get the, um, oh yeah, I've been meaning to come in and see, like if I'm catching up with people, mm. be meaning to come in and see her. It's like, well, you haven't. Yeah. You don't, don't, like, don't humor me and say that you, you, <laughs> you're coming in for training. It's fine. Yeah. Um, right. Let's look at some nuts and bolts. Cool. Okay. Let me preface this by saying, I think diet is a dirty word. Mm. I, I don't like using the word diet when I, when I address nutrition with people. Like, yeah. Because, you know, you go onto a diet, you're obviously going to come off a diet at some point exactly so in this context i will use the word diet but mm -hmm. just trust me okay um, <laughs> when i say the phrase healthy diet mm -hmm. what does that mean to you i think it's just all about balance like when people go on diets it's usually because they're cutting out a certain food group mm -hmm. and the reality is unless it's an allergy or an intolerance you're not going to cut that out for life mm. so there's no point going on a diet that you're going to then eventually as you said come off from mm. so i think it's all about balance understanding what works best for you making sure that you know any foods that you enjoy you are having them but at the same time you're getting in you know your things like your fruits your veggies mm. your protein things like that yeah okay what are some um what would you include in like a stock stand like give me some just examples what would you include in like a healthy diet in air quotes mm, yeah so i think one of the m more important things is just regular protein intake. Mm -hmm. um, that's something I see a lot is that, you know, it might be dinner time before someone gets in a good source of protein. Mm. And that's 
never going to be helpful for building muscle mass if you are relying on that regular protein intake. So that's a common one that I'm seeing at the moment, um, especially with my elderly population. Um, Yeah, I I would say that's probably one of the more important. Another one is just your carbohydrate intake. Carbs are one of those things that people have been told for a while that they that are bad for them or that they should be avoiding them Mm. or they should only be having them at certain times of the day and the reality is that's not true yeah i yeah holding off on my carb questions (laughs) i got so many um we'll stick with the word diet unfortunately Mm -hmm. um so many fad diets yes like we could sit here and name like 20 different fad diets Mm. do you think there's ever um new like has there ever been a diet or way of eating that's just taken you fully by surprise and go oh, i didn't think about that or do you think it's old information that's just being marketed very well sometimes i think the fad diets it takes me by surprise that someone would mm. put themselves through that yep <laughs> personally for someone that enjoys food and mm-hmm. um i yeah i just couldn't see myself doing that yeah <laughs> um a, classic example is something like a ketogenic diet where all people will eat is um you know your really high fat foods that's Mm. just not something that i could find enjoyable yeah um and i think that's another important thing you know you can talk about what's healthy and what's important but at the end of the day food is there to be enjoyed as well so if you're on a diet that you don't enjoy then what are you doing yeah and like i understand healthy choices and sweet more power to you but Mm. like don't tell me how to make a pizza base out of cauliflower. cauliflower. Or like if I'm in pizza, I'm, pizza. I'm eating pizza, you know, exactly. like, or people with the keto diet, like, oh yeah, it's so easy to do. You just got to do this. And my question's always, so what happens when you have pasta for the first time mm. and your body goes, yes, yeah, give it to me. And I think as well, a lot of the time you need to look at, um, not just the short-term results that come from a diet, but then the long-term results as well. Mm. Um, majority of the time, I think there was a study that said, oh, I'm going to say I could get this stat wrong, but I think it was around 90% mm. of people that go on a diet in two years time, they will have not only put on the weight that they lost, but they will be putting on more weight. Yeah. So, you know, you might get that short-term success and that's great, but what's it doing to your long-term health? Exactly. And, you know, I don't want to say that I don't want to, you know, pump up this show, but let's go biggest loser. Like, yeah, yeah, they do phenomenal. But like, that's because everything is stripped to the extreme mm. and then they get thrown back out into the wild, the wild west in the general population and then weight goes back on. Like, yeah. And I think I see that the same as when occasionally when people come in and they, all they want is a meal plan. Mm. They say, give me a meal plan, give me a meal plan. And it's like, well, I can give you a meal plan and you can follow it for however long, but have you really learned anything? Exactly. And I see that potentially the same as The Biggest Loser where you get put in an environment, you're to- you these foods aren't available to you, so you can't eat them. Mm. And then they just get thrown back out into the real world. They haven't learned anything. Everything's available that was previously and then they go back. Yeah. Shake diet, detoxes. Yeah. What have you learned? That's a great question to ask. Yeah. Like, you so, you've learned nothing. Yeah. So I think it's important not to, for them to just get the results that they want, but also to learn how to sustain that. Yeah. Um, moving deeper into you know, uh, your clients, mm-hmm. I want to address um, average person. Yeah. And I want to address athletes. Yes. Okay. So c- correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the average person who is conscious of nutrition and, and quote-unquote diet is looking for body composition changes. Yeah. It's not performance-based. Yeah. So obviously that that's 
dependent on a lot of things, age, sex, daily habits, exercise. For the average uh, average people that you see, mm. what are the key points that you look to address? I suppose, yeah, it's, it's hard because it definitely depends. Um, a lot of people would be, I, I suppose, yeah, it's, it's hard to say without a specific example. Yep, okay. Yep. Um, one of the most common ones that I will see come in is someone who is wanting to lose weight and they would, they might be a middle-aged female wanting to lose weight and they've just continually cut their intake and cut their intake and cut mm. their intake to the point where they're hardly eating anything. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's probably one of the more common things that I'll see. Okay. So let's just stick with that for a second because yeah. there's a couple of people who I know listen to this. That, that's them. So <laughs> okay. how Tell would, them to come see me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How would you fix that? Come and see me. No, yeah. but how would you address that? Like, yeah, it's hard. There's um, a lot of evidence or a lot of research out there at the moment for for something called low energy availability and mm -hmm. it, low energy availability just talks about when you have an intake that is so far below what your estimated requirements are that your body starts to not being able to function properly mm. so that's things like um you might be feeling really fatigued you lack concentration you um that's when your metabolism might start to um drop quite significantly mm. and the body you know, people think that, oh, if you reduce your intake so far that you'll have to lose weight. But the reality is if you're, if all of that's dropping down, the, you know, it's, it's not always possible for them to lose weight. So just trying to educate them on around the fact that, yeah, you do have to, um, eat below your energy requirements to lose weight, but not so far that it's going to be detrimental to your health. Yeah. And I, just from my personal research, like you look at calorie calculators online mm. and stuff and cool, it's always good to know, like, what you should be aiming towards but when they give you the options of like oh if you want to lose weight mm. or if you want to lose extreme weight it's like why are you even giving that as an yeah, option like exactly not to mention the fact that you know those calorie counters are all well and good but unless you're eating packaged food it's very hard for you to make an assumption of the nutrition quality of that food mm. so you know you can say oh i had a apple mm. but how many different size apples are there exactly you know so and that can greatly change the nutrition content so how much yeah. of the apple did you eat yeah yeah it's my thing is you're never going to do things to the letter perfect yeah is if you're in the ballpark sweet like i always always say if you train well and don't eat like a dickhead you'll be fine <laughs> and that's generally true like yeah. very rare unless you're competing or you're a boxer or an MMA person or a jockey or a gymnast who needs to be like specific yeah. size and shape. Then yeah. Everyone calm down a little bit. Absolutely. I have people that come in and they say, we'll be going through their diet and they say, oh, well, should I be having half a banana or a full banana? And I'm like, well, what are you going to do with the other half? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Throw it in the bin? I don't think so. Waste like, just money. eat it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes people are just too to the letter and mm. it concerns me a little bit because obviously disordered eating is becoming more prevalent mm. um so yeah i think that you know try and reduce the rules reduce the restrictions and just eat mm. what you want to eat eat smart yeah eh? hey, hey there we go thank you. Uh, so let's step away from like people who are coming to see you mm -hmm. at the moment like let's just talk general population yeah how should people approach their food intake yeah to, for, to remain quote unquote healthy okay I think that it's 
yeah, it's it's hard to say because obviously it depends a lot on what pe- training people do. Mm. Um, but if I think of when I think of like the general population, I think of like my parents or someone sure. like that. Yep. And I think mm. that you know you've just got to eat regular balanced meals throughout the day. Mm. You know, if you're getting in protein in all of your meals, getting in a good source of carbohydrates in your meals, making sure you're getting your fruit and veg, like it really doesn't have to be that complicated. Yeah. And I just think that if someone says that they don't eat a particular food, I always say, well, why? Yeah. Is it because of an allergy or an intolerance? Is it because you think that you shouldn't be having it? Mm. And like my mum's a classic example. She'll Here say, yes. she'll, she'll say, oh, I we're not having pasta tonight. And I'll be like, but why? Mm. You know, like, what's wrong with pasta? And she'll be like, oh, well, and, and then she'll stumble. And you can tell it's just this ingrained in them that, you know, pasta is bad, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah. Everyone can it, eat carbs. It plays, it, carbs play their role. Yeah. Unless you're celiac and then you need to have a gluten-free pasta. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunate for you. But yeah. <laughs> like I know from, once again, my personal experience, if I'm meal prepping and let's, like I don't put rice or a carb with it, I was like, fuck, I'm lower energy, I'm in mm. a bad mood, like my workouts aren't great, whatever. I put carbs with my meal and it's like, oh, geez, I'm full. My energy level's higher, my performance is better. Like yeah, carbs are energy and that people getting their head around that, mm-hmm. like that's a big one. Yeah, and a classic one, I had a lady come in and I said to her, you're not eating enough carbs, you need to get more in. And she came to me two weeks later and said, oh, my, I feel like my brain's working so much better. And I said, well your brain functions on carbohydrates. Mm. So that would be why, you know, everyone. Yeah. I think you, there's no point avoiding things like that. Mm. Just... If we're on a, like, okay, we're on a roll with carbs. Let's say the carbs. Okay. <laughs> on the carbs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause everyone loves them. Yeah. Now there is quote unquote good carbs and quote unquote bad carbs. Mm. Is that bullshit? I mean, you can look at, I think different carbs are good for, and bad for different situations. Mm-hmm. I look at something like vegetables, like let's go a sweet potato, something cool. like that. That would probably be considered a good carb mm. in a lot of people's mind, which it is. It's good for um, long sustained energy, mm-hmm. right? It's low GI. Yep. Then you look at something like lollies and they would say, oh, they're a bad carb because they're high GI. But if I've got an athlete who's at half time spent and they've got no energy to run out the last half, then lollies is a good carb because they're going to get the energy straight away. The sweet potato is going to be useless because Mm. they're not going to get the energy from it for a while. So yeah, I think it's important to look at things in more of a situation basis. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's from once again, for me trying to explain that to people like carbs are energy and it's how you use it. Don't be afraid of carbs. Like if you're not doing anything through the day, sure. Slow burn carbs. They, they're going to be your friends. Yeah. If you're going to exercise in the morning or in the afternoon or whatever, your high stress day, you're going to need something to keep the brain functioning. Yeah. Like I, I've been loving recently in my morning coffee before I work out, I'll pop in like a couple of teaspoons of like drinking chocolate because yeah, okay. it's just like a carbohydrates, yeah, it's okay. sugar. And I get that energy straight away to use for my training. Mm. Would I have that at night before I go to bed? Probably not. Yeah. Don't really need it. Sticking with coffees, how many coffees a day do you have? I was worried you were going to ask this. Uh, look, it depends. A work day can Seven. be no. two to three. Yep. I think three would probably be me at my max. Mm. At least one every day. Yep. If I don't have one, I'm not a great person to be around. <laughs> one of those people. Uh, sticking with caffeine then. Yeah. 
caffeine, is it something that is substituted for food? Do you believe? Some people can. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. People, I will always hear people say, oh, I, I'm not going to have food. I'll just have a coffee. Mm. But I suppose you need to look at whether that coffee is on milk because you will get some energy mm. um, and protein from milk. But yeah, it's um, not something I would recommend for people to swap substitute for food. Yeah. You know, whatever works for people as well. So if you've got someone who doesn't want to eat breakfast, they might be on the run. A milk coffee is better than nothing. Yeah. Do you think it's a knowledge thing? Like, okay, I just need energy, so I'm going to throw a coffee in. Yeah. Do you think it's they don't have the knowledge there to back it up nutritionally, so they throw a coffee in, or is it just convenience or all of the above? Probably all of the above. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm just going through clients that I see in my head going, right, who is that person? Uh, We said before it's a little bit hard doing it without examples like mm. specific examples yeah so i want to throw a couple of examples at you okay go, go through four or five cool. and i want you to give me your snap um i guess not diagnosis that's the wrong word but <laughs> snap um advice for them yeah if you want more information mm-hmm. ask cool. all right okay a female between 20 and 30 yeah. uh, who under eats uh because the belief is less food in equals less on the scales yeah all right so yeah classic one um i suppose the most important thing is just to educate them on the other roles that food can play and the other roles that energy can play in the body like there's a lots of things that can be negatively affected if you aren't eating and it's Mm. back to that low energy available energy availability um with athletes for example we will see an increase in injuries Mm. or it might be that those injuries take longer to heal it could also be an increased sickness. Um, their immune health is reduced. So um, I think one of the most important things to do is, you know, educate them. Not only just not only saying that you need to have food, but explaining why. Yeah. Um, it's. Do you think it? It's just that ingrained in people that less in equals oh, absolutely. better results. And the amount of people that I have when I first explain it to them, and they'll say you're crazy. Mm. And then they'll come back a little while later and they'll be like, oh, you were right. Yes. You know, it's it's hard to understand, first of all, but I think, you know, if you just try and get them to try it, see mm. if it works for them or not, um, and then, yeah, go from there. Just quick tangent. Yes. If if you're trying a new food or nutrition way of, way of eating, nutrition plan, meal plan, whatever, you can't make a judgment after two days. Oh, yes. Like, I- you gotta Agreed. gotta write it out and see what happens and pay attention to your body. Like mm. the amount of people are like, oh yeah, I ate more yesterday. I'm really bloated. I think I ate too much. It's like your body's just not used to what's going on. Yeah, like, a classic one. I um, my roommate said, right, we're having meat free Mondays, and I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever you want to do, that's fine. Yeah, we should be having more, you know, meatless meals. So I'm happy with that. And the first meal we had was so full of beans, everything, mm. and. After the meal, she said, oh my gosh. And I was the same. We were so bloated from yeah. it. And then, but it's just because of the high fiber content. And we yeah. weren't used to having a meal that was so high in fiber. And mm. so we just, yeah, felt a little unwell after that one. But then after that, we were fine. So, yeah. you know, you've just, if you're putting new foods into your body, your body's got to adjust. For sure. And that same comes exercise. Mm-hmm. Same goes positive dietary changes and negative dietary changes. Your body will adapt. Yeah. So you need to be wise with how you treat it. And not freak out if something starts happening because it will adapt and it will get better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Example number two, middle-aged man who skips lunch but has a larger serve of dinner and possibly a couple of drinks with it because he believes skipping a meal will once again equal less on the scales. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that alcohol is a really interesting one. I think people underestimate how much energy does come from alcohol Mm. and also what happens to their body when it is trying to metabolize that alcohol. Um, So to put it in perspective... (laughs) (laughs) that was me just knocking something um if you've got one gram of let's say your carbohydrates Mm. um that's going to have 16 kilojoules in it Mm. if you've got one gram of alcohol i think it's 20 or it's either 27 or 29 kilojoules so it's almost double yep all right so if you're looking at yeah one gram of carbs you're essentially having half their kilojoules yeah so it's quite easy to rack up the kilojoules in a day just by having a couple of drinks. Yeah, of course. Then you've also got the added issue that if your body is trying to metabolize the alcohol, it has a bit more trouble trying to metabolize everything else. Yeah. So, yeah, regular eating is one of the, I think, one of the more beneficial recommendations for people. Mm. Um, You know, skipping a meal, it's not going to do anything good for your um, blood glucose levels if you're not having those regular meals because then um, your body relies on your blood glucose levels being somewhat stable. Mm. Um, But if you're having huge shifts in that, then that's going to affect a lot of things such as like your mental state, things Mm. like that. Do you, as a dietitian and nutritionist, do you get asked, oh, what's the best alcohol to drink? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was explaining this to... Won't say who, but I was yep. explaining this to a group Mom, of no. athletes and they walked away from it. And I said, you know, you've got, if you've got alcohol and a mixer, then not only do you have the kilojoules from the alcohol, but then you've also got the kilojoules from the soft drink and also explaining to them like the kilojoules in beer. Mm. And they walked away from it and said, so what you're saying is we should just have tequila shots. And I'm like, no, that was not, that was not the point of this, but it's just being aware that, you know, something that might look quite low in mm. kilojoules, like you look at a shot of alcohol and you think, oh, that's nothing. Mm. But when you start to add up how many people may have, then that's when you start to notice how much of an effect it can have. And is that why the Gold Coast Suns are last? No, <laughs> I do not work with the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> Almost had you. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, um, what was I going to say? Lost my train of thought, mate. Making myself laugh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, the sun's dietitian's gonna be like, who is this? <laughs> um, so with alcohol, let's stick with that for a second. Yeah. Do you believe that that's handbreaking on a lot of people taking steps forward if they're having like one or two drinks with dinner? Yeah, I do. I think it's 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 always recommended to have a couple of alcohol-free days. Mm. A week i think alcohol is one of those things that people can have it more so just out of habit mm, yep i know for example you go on if i go on holidays i go home to tassie and you might have a glass of wine with dinner and then all of a sudden you're having a glass of wine with every dinner and then it's yeah. like well i wouldn't usually do this so why am i doing it now yeah i think um yeah it's one of those things that you've got to look at and you're like do i really need it or am i just doing it because yeah it's a habit i i remember what i was going to say um it's never good to reflect on a night out, but <laughs> if you think like just in a volume wise, yeah. like let's take a vodka lemonade, I don't yeah. know, and you think about how many vodka lemonades you had over an evening. Mm. Now look at the volume of 
just lemonade that you have consumed. Would you drink that on a Wednesday? Like, yeah. would you go, I'm going to drink six litres of lemonade today? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and then you add on top of that the probably not best food choice that you'd have after a mm-hmm, night out mm-hmm. and maybe the day after as well. Yeah. It's, yeah, it just can create a bit of a day or two of not the best choices. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing. Um, from an exercise standpoint, I say to people, it's like, cool, if you're going for a drink, fine, do you. That's fine. Mm. You've got to earn your drinks. And you've got to be willing to pay the piper on the other side yeah. because we can't let it roll on for three days and then you start getting your food back on track and and whatever the case may be. It's like, cool, you've done that, but we're back to normal now. We've got to work hard. Yeah, and if you look at things like um, muscle, just trying to repair your muscles, mm. I think drinking straight after a game, which is so prevalent in sports. Well, that sense. <laughs> it's not the cold <laughs> Like I'm thinking more like lower level yeah, sports. Yeah, for sure. So you see the guys who will just play, you know, they might train footy once or twice a week and then they play on the weekends. Mm. Then they'll go and have a drink with all the boys at the bar after mm. the game. That is, I think, one of the worst times you could be drinking because you, not only are you not getting in the foods that you should probably be having, but you're also preventing that muscle recovery. I can only imagine how some of those lads pull up, play a game, like physically smashing themselves and then going on the drink and physically smashing themselves. Mm. Then they wake up the next day, their body would be ruined. Exactly. Um, Okay, next example. Female between 35 and 45, 50, Mm -hmm. who grazes on food, doesn't specifically eat meals, grazes on food, but has three to five coffees a day. Yeah, okay. What does that tell you? I suppose it's one of those situations where... If you're grazing on food throughout the day, it's hard to look back and recall how much you've eaten. Mm -hmm. I know, especially if I have days of work at home and uh, my roommate and I are having those more often than not at the moment. Everyone is. And we'll say like, if we're spending the day at home, you'll just graze and graze and all of a sudden you look back and you're like, gosh, I've eaten a lot today. Probably didn't need to eat that much, but if it's there, you'll just pick at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's can sometimes be the issue if you don't have regular set meals throughout the day is that you're eating maybe out of boredom, maybe maybe out of, oh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to grab something to eat again, so I'll just eat mm. a little bit now. Um, and yeah, you lose that structure throughout the day. Yeah. I think um, coffees are such probably not the biggest concern. It would just be more around those, um, getting those proper regular meals. Also, if you think about foods that people generally graze on they might not be the best Mm. for nutrition quality yep what would you say um like people go oh i don't have the time to food prep or Mm. whatever first of all shut up but (laughs) what's your best piece of advice that you could give to someone okay we'll take this lady as an example Mm. what would you go right here's something that you can do to make life easier for yourself yeah for me I know this year I've had a lot less time than usual to do things like your food preparation. Mm. Um, I am the biggest advocate at the moment for HelloFresh. Yep. Getting meals, well, food delivered to me mm. that I then can cook myself. It eliminates the grocery shop. Mm. It eliminates the thought of what I'm going to cook. Does that come with recipes as well? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Gotcha. So it comes with all the food, all the recipe cards. You pick from a list of maybe 15 mm. and you get your five or however many you choose for the week. Yep. And they're pretty 
quick meals to make as well. Yeah, cool. I think for me, especially after telling everyone what to eat all day, yeah. the last thing I want to do is think about what I'm going to eat. Mm. Um, so I think that that's a great tool to be able to use. Um, as well, if you have a meal that's already ready made, you can't quite, it's, a, it's harder to tell what's in it. Yeah. But if you can see it, an entire carrot and then you put it into a meal that's for two people you know you've eaten half a carrot mm. um, um you said something there that kind of jumped out to me do you get to the end of the day and go oh, just couldn't be asked like <laughs> could, like because you've spent six eight ten hours helping people with food yeah and then it comes time to look after yourself do you like do you ever feel like you're just with another client, you know what I mean? I am fortunate that I love cooking. Yeah, okay, cool. My roommate laughs because she moved in and I think she's maybe cooked like four meals yep. <laughs> because I'm just always like, no, let me cook dinner, let me cook. Um, I think eliminating the thought of what I have to cook for dinner and having it there ready to go has made it so much easier for me. Mm. Um, if you've got, yeah, all the ingredients there ready to go, you don't really have to think about like what I'm going to put in it. Mm. It's you know, if you've got everything sitting there, you may as well cook it. Yeah. That's my mindset anyway. Yeah. So that's definitely helped for me. I know lunch is one of those ones that I, but you get to the start of the week and you might be well prepared for lunches and then it gets to the end of the week and I'm just like, oh, I'll just throw in whatever I can find Just in the get house. through. It's almost the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But dinners I'm good for. Yeah, cool. Uh, example number four, a male between 30 and 40 who eats um, predominantly meat and veg or meat and salad with most meals, not too carby. Uh, and struggles to change body composition. Yeah, okay. Um, probably one of the most common questions I would then ask is around your alcohol intake. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, meat, veg sounds relatively good. Mm -hmm. um, I'd probably look at portion sizes. Mm. I think it's really common in Australia in particular for our meat portion sizes to be ridiculous. Yep. Um, if you look at what meat you get served in a pub or something like that, it's probably about double the recommended yeah. servings. Yeah, so, okay. you know, just thinking about um, making sure that the food that you're getting in, you can actually utilize that. Like, yeah. There's no point eating double the protein that you need because your body can't use it. Yeah, gotcha. Um, last example, an office worker, ties into our carbs, office worker who eats a lot of bakery, pasta or rice dishes and exercises maybe one to two times a week. Yeah. I think... Um, as we've talked about, carbs are great, but yep. it's making sure you've got the, the good, um, the right carbs for your situation. Yep. Now, if you've got a day where you're sitting around um, at the desk, then you don't need those um, high GI carbohydrates. Mm. Save those for a day where you might be just about to head out for a training session, mm. something like that. So, yeah, I think it's just working out what's right for those situations, what's right for that particular day. Yeah, cool. Um we kind of flirted with mindset stuff a little bit in a roundabout mm -hmm. way, uh, but people can get so overwhelmed and frustrated with nutrition because like we've said a couple of times, like there's so much information out there. What's what, you know, is this good? Is this bad? Whatever, whatever. How much effect does someone's mindset have on their nutritional intake in your experience? Yeah, I think, I think it can have a huge impact. I, I 100% agree that there's so much information out there and I think nutrition is so overcomplicated at the moment. Mm. Like if you just eat regular meals, have variety of food, then generally you're going to be okay. Mm. I just think that some people get so hung up on those little fine, tiny details about, 
you know, what supplements they should be having and what things that they should be having on top of it. And it's like, just get the basics right Mm. and you'll be okay. Build that foundation and work from there. Exactly. Yes. Um, Okay, let's change speeds. Let's go to athletes. Mm -hmm. So give me an example or a handful of examples of how an average person person's nutrition differs to an athlete's yeah one of the huge ones is just their energy intake like the amount of exercise that some of these athletes are doing is incredible and with that increase of exercise you have a huge increase in energy intake Mm. um another thing that is harder for athletes to manage is what you would eat on a training day versus a rest day because they are so different Mm. if you are eating the same food that you would eat on a day when you've got like a six hour training day they might be training for all of those six hours but they've got six hours at the facility then that if they're eating what they'd eat then on a rest day where they're essentially sitting on the couch not really doing much because they're really trying to rest Mm. then yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna end well for them yeah gotcha um do you find that athletes can be a little bit more gung-ho towards their food because their calorie output is so high yeah yeah, it's hard. Athletes is a it's a great group to work with, mm. I think, because a lot of the time they're really motivated, but you've also got to make sure at the same time that they're not getting too much information and that they're getting too um I suppose that they're not becoming over worried yeah. about what they're eating. So for you when you're like when you have or when you are working with athletes, is your goal more calorie base or is it macro base or is it just energy source base like what what for you what would be your focus point yeah it depends um for the yeah it would depend on different groups for instance there was a um i did a bit of work when i was interning um with a boxer Mm. and that was looking a lot at originally it was just getting the energy into them Mm -hmm. and then as we started to um, get closer to the event then you had to look more at um, if it was reducing the energy intake so that they could lose their weight but then also making sure that they had the energy right before mm. the fight so there's a lot of things to look at I think yeah it heavily depends on the athlete yep. and what their goals are as you said before there's lots of um, sports where their actual weight is important mm. but then at the other on the other hand there's sports where it doesn't matter mm. Um, what with sports guys like who give me examples of people you've worked with or different sports that you've worked in like what kind of fields have you worked with yeah so netballers yep come on yep um just netballers your other ones or um so i was doing netball a little i was helping out my director because i'm a provisional sports dietitian at the moment Mm. i've been more so doing work under the guidance of my directors so um helping out a little bit with the cricket stuff as well yeah cool um, and then looking a little bit in AFL. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's just take those two examples. Mm-hmm. Let's go cricket. Let's go netball. Yeah. What are the differences? Yeah. Cricket is such a good one and I'm really interested in it. Just mm. looking at, first of all, the different forms of cricket. Yep. So you've got your short 2020 matches versus your five-day Five day test. Yeah. Test. Then you've also got to look at if you're the batting team, someone might be out there batting for five minutes mm. or less. Yeah, exactly. you, you hope it's not less, yeah. but it, it can. You could be out there for one ball, or you could be out there for a day. Yeah. So you've. Re- it's harder to think about how you're going to 
give them the energy that they need before because you don't know what they're going to require. Mm. Um, another one is if you're batting down the order, you don't know when you're going to come in and bat. Yeah. So you could be the next guy in and you think, oh, I could be in next ball mm. or I could be in tomorrow. Yeah. So there's a lot of things you've got to worry about. Also, if you've got a lot of downtime and you're sitting there watching, you might be more inclined to snack. And then yeah. all of a sudden you've got the lollies sitting there that are for those uh, yeah. guys that need the high energy. Yeah. And, um, but if you've got someone that's sitting there just snacking on those one or two every now and then, all mm. of a sudden they haven't really done much because they're sitting around all day just waiting, but they've had a huge energy intake. Mm. Um, how do you, ma- like just, let's just stick with cricket. How do you manage someone, let's say, who's, who bats for a whole day? Like yeah. as someone who's in, like trying to help with their nutrition and their, you know, energy levels, how do you manage, is it just cool? Let's keep getting quick bursts of energy out every time we can or. Yeah, I haven't specifically done much work with individual athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more so assisting with the pre-season stuff. So the yep. hydration testing gotcha. side of things, but I can imagine that you'd be looking more at um, consistent energy intake Mm. whenever you can so i suppose you'd be looking at those um drinks breaks and things like Mm. that utilizing things like your gatorades power raids as Mm. energy sources as well um but also making sure that when they do get those lunch breaks that they're getting in those low gi carbohydrates that are going to sustain them for a long period of time Mm. like just because i have no idea when it comes to post-match meals or you know lunch tea breaks whatever for any sport does it get individualized like to a certain extent or does it like is it a blanket right here's what everyone's eating yeah no it's pretty individualized um when i did the hydration testing Mm. um we were there for the whole day of their practice match and it's more of like a buffet sort of setup and then you just rely on the players knowing what they should be having Mm. it's yeah it's really hard and even looking at on the flip side netball you might have a 200 centimeter goal shooter Mm. versus a 175 centimeter center now their body weights would be completely different and their energy output would be completely different so you can't have just a blanket this is what everyone's going to eat because they're so different yeah do you okay once again let's take those two examples Mm. let's take cricket and netball yeah what one in your experience has been well what was more challenging you think to control I think, yeah, as I said, haven't done a huge amount of work in cricket. It was Mm. more so just that assistant sort of stuff. But I think the cricket side of things is really interesting. And that's why it's something that I like to look at because there's so many variables. Mm. With the netball game, you know you're going to be – you know the game's going to go for around an hour. It's hard to know if you're going to be on the court or not for some players. Other players are more aware that they're going to be on for a whole game. Mm. You know you're getting – your drink break every 15 minutes yep. you know it's a bit more you also know the environment so if you're playing indoors you understand all of that with the cricket mm. you could be out there for five minutes an hour two hours yep. you also don't know if it's going to be a really hot day with high humidity you know there's i think there's just a lot more challenges and that's what i find yeah, okay. exciting um let's rewind for when you were playing netball like mm. queensland side and all that kind of stuff yeah was there much, um, not reliance, but was there much talk of nutrition? Yeah, I think netball's been a really good pathway, um, even back in Tassie, mm. um, that we've always had a dietitian or someone that 
we could speak to or that came and spoke to the team. Um, so yeah, it was pretty well understood, I would say, but I think it's so important for junior athletes for sure to get that information. Um, I've been doing some work with the Gold Coast Academy of Sports. So yep. Glennis Nunn, she is sure. Olympic yep. athlete. Um, she is running the Gold Coast Academy and she does a lot of like, smaller academies for different sports. Mm-hmm. So I might be doing a talk to rugby players or BMX riders. Yep. Um, and it's just getting that those foundations of nutrition yeah, cool. into them early. I think, yeah, it's really important. Um on that wave of thinking, well, let's take those examples. Like junior athletes, what's your objective when you talk to them about nutrition? What do you want everyone to walk or most of them to walk away from that chat? What do you what do you want them to take away? Yeah, I suppose with juniors, the most important thing is for them to realize that, you know, what the exercise that they're doing might be a lot different to what other people are doing, especially as they get up higher in um, levels of sports, so if they're quite a high level junior athlete, then their nutrition requirements compared to their friends is completely different if their friends aren't yeah. athletes. Um, also, if their bodies are growing, then they require a lot of energy as well. So mm. um, I think it's just creating those foundations. You yeah. know, we talk a lot with them about you know the five food groups and you try and get that drilled into them because if you don't have the basics right, then there's no point talking everything else. I think yeah. for adolescent athletes they're so quick to jump onto supplements and things like that and i'm the first to say junior athletes i don't think majority of them should not be on supplements Mm. um because you know if they can't work out how to get their energy that they require out of food first then the supplements that they take on top of that isn't going to do anything for them it's called a supplement to supplement your food intake exactly exactly and you know it's challenging as well for them as they become more elite getting into the whole asada and what supplements are banned. So mm. I think that's really important to um, start educating them on well before they start taking the supplements because the last thing you would want is for an athlete to think they were doing the right thing mm. and then all of a sudden yeah. they find out it's not. Have, enjoy that year on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like athletes obviously can range in ages and mm. everyone has a fair idea of what elite athletes ages are but do you ever work with like master athletes or anything no like that? but it's something i'd love to do i think they would like once again just spit them i think they'd be interesting because they're trying to operate in a similar way to what they were but their energy intake is going to have to be a little bit different one would assume yeah absolutely no it's not something i've ever done um i have shadowed one of my directors when she was seeing a master's mm. swimmer and it was really interesting i spoke you know at the end of the day, they're athletes that you've got to treat them the same, but there's a lot of other things that um, can come into play as well. So mm. yeah, definitely an area I'd like to get into. Yeah. I, I just think it'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, personal like indulgence for a second. Have you done anything with runners? No. Oh, I, again, when I was shadowing a bit of work with um, long distance, more triathletes mm-hmm. and creating those race plans. Yep. I think that's awesome. Mm. You know, you look at someone who go out there and do a, if in, even if it's like a triathlon, let's say it takes them three hours, mm. that it's important for them to know what they should be eating over that three hours. Yeah. And when you start looking at 
I love maths. So when you start looking at where, you know, how long they're training for, um, how much energy they're getting in, you can mm. start looking at how much energy they should be consuming at each of the fuel stations. Yeah, break it down. Yeah, yeah you can then usually look up and find where the fuel stations are and you can create a really good plan for them. Yeah, so yeah. I love that side of things. Has there been any sports that you've worked or athletes you've worked with and like their caloric intake has had to be astronomical yeah it's usually the juniors yeah because if you think about it they're going to school they're running around at lunchtime Mm. usually they've trained in the morning before that they might have like PE or other things at school and Mm. then they leave school and then they're training as well until they get home yeah it's like they spend the whole day running i don't understand how they do it (laughs) bloody kids yeah so yeah sometimes it's just you've and you've got to have that conversation with the parents it's like you've just got to get as much into them. And yeah. for some of them, it's, oh, you've got to take two lunch boxes to school and yeah. they've just got to do it. I, I have the utmost respect for swimmers, like yeah. jun- junior swimmers who as a kid go to school two hours before it starts, mm-hmm. three hours before it starts just to do laps in the pool. Like, yeah. That's gnarly. Like if someone said that to me at 12 or 13, I'd be like, yeah, meet you there. Yeah. Like that dedication. But yeah, I, I didn't even think about the nutritional side of things. Yeah. Like imagine how much food they would need to eat. Yeah. Those to... poor parents doing the groceries. Oh man. <laughs> Broke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So we kind of looked at athletes. Uh, we've looked at general population. I want to talk a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Um, we've kind of touched on little bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Was sports the initial dream? Like, yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. What, what was the end plan? Like, what did you want to do? I, If I could, I would have just worked in sports five days a week. Yeah. That that would be unreal. Yeah. Like, pl- playing-wise? like Oh, playing? Nah. Nah? <laughs> I think I always had the idea in my head that I w- probably wasn't quite talented enough. Gotcha. But, you know, you... You go with it for as long as you can. I just made Queensland team. It was no... No, big, no. but, yeah, it, I think... Especially coming from somewhere like Tassie, yeah, you've got a smaller population, so it is somewhat easier to be better. Mm. Um, I think it's important for people to get a bit of a reality check and realise that there's more talented people out there. Yeah, okay. Um, so, and yeah, and my parents were very honest with me. Um, you know, you have some parents that sit on the sidelines and they're like, oh, my daughter was the best. My parents were the opposite. Yeah. I'd get like best on court and dad will be like, what about those three shots you missed? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I was always pretty grounded, which was good. Yeah. Um, so I always knew that, you know, it was fun for the time that I was doing it, mm. but it was never going to be yeah. the plan for life. Yeah. Did you have like... Did you have any work? Like, do you work before you went into uni? Like, what were you doing for work? Or oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I was pretty busy with netball. So when I was at school, I was always had a job here and there. Yeah. My parents were very work hard. Yeah. Make that money. <laughs> keep you out of, keep you out of trouble. Yeah. That was the idea, I think. Um, But yeah, plenty of work as well. Do you look back now and go, oh, maybe I could have given netball a crack nah. or were you like nah that was never gonna happen nah i'm happy with what i did yeah. i yeah don't have any regrets yeah cool i'm glad i did it for as long as i did and made the friends that i did like i've mm. met some awesome chicks from netball so mm. i'm grateful for that but have you done any work with firebirds yes you, yeah cool what's that like it's awesome i love it the girls there are great there's a couple of girls there that i 
um, played a little bit with. Oh, sweet. So, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, I much prefer the netball involvement to be from the sidelines. Now. Yeah, cool. <laughs> the, one of the, the guys I had on, he's a remedial massage therapist. Yeah. Same thing with footy. He's like, I wanted to be around footy, but didn't want to be smashed yeah. every week. I was watching um, oh, pre-season. I was there and the girls were doing conditioning sessions. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I did not miss that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's awesome to just yeah be around that team environment. I really like that. Mm. We kind of touched on it earlier. Why nutrition? Yeah, I think it was more just, you know, I enjoyed that sports side of things. I enjoyed that being part of a team. Mm. But at the same time, I wanted to, yeah, have a, a way to be there mm. outside of playing. Uh, in regards to clients, it's very easy to for people to get a positive relationship with food or a yeah. negative relationship with food. Now, obviously, once again, stay in our lanes. There's only so much people can do to help out. Yeah. How do you go about changing or help change someone's mindset for their relationship with food? Yeah, it's a hard one. I think that a lot of the time people have to get there themselves. Yeah. You know, you have people that might come in and they don't want to change anything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's no point, you know, giving them all this information if they're not going to do anything about it. So, you know, you've really got to work at that, um, getting that mindset right first before you start making changes. Yeah. And okay, what little things could you put into place to help someone change their mindset? I suppose it's more not so telling them what to eat, but also explaining to them why yeah i'm really big on the why and For understanding sure. that you know i want them to get something out of it other than just you know being told what to eat mm. it's i think it's great i would prefer for someone to understand how food affects their body mm. rather than just what food is in inverted commas good yeah and bad yeah exactly um you seem like a very bubbly person and you like <laughs> g- genuinely want to help people and you, you hear like the genuineness in your voice when you give the answers thank you compliment i'd like to think so Um, but what are if any some of the like the harder or like the negative things that you'd have to deal with like doing what you do like i'm sure it's not all sunshine and rainbows you know what i mean yeah i don't mind any of it like okay the the worst part for me is writing doctor's letters yeah my friends will attest to that i will constantly be like i've got so many doctor's letters to write that's what's a doctor's letter it's more so if you've got a care plan with a patient that the doctor has um, referred them to come and see you. Gotcha. Then just keeping the doctor in the loop about what's happening. Right. But mm, that sitting there typing, yeah. not my biggest. The, the office job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the office job. That one that I wanted to get into two yeah. years into uni. <laughs> Keen. Accounting. Come on yeah. now. Um, okay, let's flip side it then. Let's let's go the positive route. What are some of the more rewarding things that about your job about your day-to-day work yeah I think I as I said love being part of that team environment so that Mm. sports side of things is great at the moment with such a shift with work Mm. I'm loving doing the home visits with the veterans I think that you know just even being able to hear their stories about what they went through Mm. especially at the moment with everything that's going on in the world and hearing about the sacrifices they had to make versus the sacrifices that we're maybe making at the moment, it kind of puts everything into perspective. So I really enjoy that. But I just think, yeah, I just like helping them. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Do you have any cases that like stand out in your mind that are like, that was, that's, that was so good that they're here and now they're there. Like, do you have any of those cases or are you, you just like happy to 
take it all in. Yeah, one at the moment that I'm working with, um, it's through um, the NDIS. So mm-hmm. he has an intellectual disability yep. and just trying to help him to understand why certain foods make him gain weight mm-hmm. and to understand why we should be making the food choices that we should. Mm-hmm. Um, also through that, he is losing weight, which is great. Um, and I feel like I feel so rewarded when he comes each fortnight and tells me like how he's been going and yeah, what cool. he's learned. And yeah, he's really motivated. So it motivates me as well. I mm-hmm. really enjoy that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, one final question before we jump into the tail end of the podcast. Cool. This one might be the challenging one. Okay. What do you do for you? Oh. Outside of work. <laughs> I'm like, outside of work? Oh, I love reading a good book, mm-hmm. a good podcast. Yeah, cool. Just hanging out with friends. Yep. I love going to the beach. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to live across from the beach. So yeah, half your luck. Yeah, and I, I don't get there enough, but yep. when I do, that definitely helps. Are you a person who recharges their batteries by themselves? Or do you pull energy from other people? I'd say by myself, yep. for sure. Yeah. Sometimes I just need that little bit of time. <laughs> I sometimes laugh at the end of the week. I'll get home and I'll say to my roommate, look, I'm happy to hear about your problems, but it needs to be tomorrow because I've had too many problems yeah. today. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the same. I'm happy to sit in silence. I just need yeah. quiet. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, okay, we finish the podcast with advice. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to throw a couple of situations at you mm-hmm. and you're just going to give me some advice. Cool. Okay, so advice you'd give to someone who's trying to out-train their bad eating habits. It's Yeah, it's not going to happen. And also you're doing a disservice to your training if you're not eating well. They really do complement each other. Mm. Um, and I think that, yeah, if you're doing a really good training session but you're not eating well around it then you're not getting the most out of that training session treading water that's my yeah. that's my biggest fear for clients treading water and yeah. it's just okay you're not putting in the effort either in here or in the kitchen and you're just throwing money away like, yeah if we look back in six weeks are we going to be same spot or are we going to be forward or backwards yeah uh advice you'd give to yourself starting off in the nutrition world mm. It's going to be harder than you thought. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, a lot more study than I thought it was going to be. I remember thinking, oh yeah, I'll go study nutrition and I'll go to uni and I'll just like maybe, you know, learn how to cook a bit and mm. like, you know, learn a bit about food. But yeah, the science. Nutrition, easy. Yeah, yeah. the science side of it. Gosh, it was hard, but yeah. so rewarding. Were you a science person at school? Yeah, I loved science and maths. Yep. English, oh, couldn't think of anything worse. Um, yeah, so that's, and that's another reason why I wanted to get into nutrition because I thought, yeah, it's down that area that I wanted. Yeah, cool. Uh, same vein, a little bit similar. Advice you'd give to yourself for making the transition from playing sports to getting into the books to work mm. behind the scenes. Yeah, I, th- I think... I'm grateful that of the people that I met through sport mm-hmm. um, because that's definitely helped a lot. Um, but yeah, it's there's no really advice of anything that I'd change because I'm happy with how everything went. Sweet. <laughs> uh, advice for the average person who walks into the supermarket and overwhelmed or unsure of what's a healthy option. Stick to the outsides. What do you mean? Go to the outside of the supermarket and you'll get your fruit and veggies. You mm-hmm. get your meat. You'll get your dairy products. Yeah, I think it can be very overwhelming in the middle of the supermarket Mm. when you can easily be persuaded by the labels that are on products. I mean, 
they do a great job. They're there to try and convince you to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and they do. Yeah. Um, also go in with a list. Yeah. I know for sure if I go to the supermarket without a list, the crap that I come home with. Eat before you go. Yeah. Don't shop hungry. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> advice for someone who's trying out the latest fad diet. <sighs> think about why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think... You know, there's plenty out there. If you think that it's going to do amazing things, then, you know, have a look at why it's being so well marketed. marketed. And yeah, I would always encourage you to do your research. If you don't want to speak to a dietitian and they'll do it for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I just think that um, if it's not something that you can sustain long-term, then what's the point? Yeah. Diet, dirty word. Exactly. Last one, advice for someone who believes that they're doing all the right things but isn't taking any steps forward in either their performance or body composition. Talk to a dietitian. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, you can only learn so much from reading articles and whatever else, but Mm. at the end of the day, if you want to do your best with nutrition, then you've got to talk to the best. Well, eat smart, right? Yeah, eat smart nutrition. There you go. All right. There it is. We're done. Wonderful. Easy done, guys. That's another episode wrapped up. Georgie, it's been a pleasure. It has been so much fun. Go Richmond. (laughs) And another podcast is in the books. So I hope that chat brought some information to the table that you either hadn't thought of or weren't really um, putting into practice or didn't even know. So nutrition is a very confusing thing or very overwhelming thing, like I said from the very start. If you can have a a couple of takeaways from this chat, think simple. Simplicity works, number one. Number two, don't get sold down the river about the next fad diet because diet means you have to come off it at some point. You can cut your carbs completely, which you shouldn't do. You can cut your carbs completely, but eventually you're going to start eating carbs again. And what happens when that? comes into play what happens when you can eat carbs again are you going to eat all of the carbs in the world maybe who knows Uh, and the third most important thing is richmond are awful and west coast are better so if you want to find out about anything that eat smart nutrition do check them out on all the platforms they are obviously operating all around southeast queensland Um, check out georgie briggs on um instagram check out eat smart nutrition on instagram facebook and just a quick google search will take you straight to their website i hope we've all learned something walking into that grocery store just back yourself all right see you in the next episode